Chapter 20, Fathom Weeks passed in a blur that got happier and happier each day. After a year of cold silences and unfriendly looks and solitude, Fathom suddenly found himself wrapped in warmth and attention. Darkstalker and Clearsight weren't afraid of him or his magic. More than that, they seemed to actually like him. They sought him out every day, taking him flying and hunting, sharing scrolls and secrets about the royal court. They made him laugh. They made him forget for hours at a time what he'd been through and what he'd had what he'd had to do. He never forgot his mission, though. He still watched Darkstalker constantly for signs that he was using his magic or about to turn evil. One evening, he found the soul reader on his desk with a note that said, By all the shining moons, your brain is driving me crazy. Here, you keep this. Use it on me whenever you want, and stop worrying so much. So suspicious, Indigo said when he showed her the note. He's probably enchanted the thing to show you that he's always good, no matter what he does. Or worse, and maybe it has a spell on it to make you trust him more every time you touch it. Aren't you paranoid and clever, Darkstalker said, sailing in over the balcony. We're lucky you're not an amos with ideas like that. Indigo froze, trying to put on her blank bodyguard face and Fathom stepped between them in a hurry. Thank you, he said to Darkstalker. You really don't mind if I keep it? I've used it on my father already, Darkstalker said, floating his wings. He's almost as bad as I thought, but not all the way evil yet. I might need to borrow it back to show my mother one day, but she's got enough to deal with with the war right now, so you hang on to it for me if it makes you feel better. Fathom tipped the telescope toward Darkstalker and checked, the same level of black and white sand as before. See, totally not evil, Darkstalker said with a grin. Let's go bother clear sight. Fathom followed him out into the hallway with Indigo behind them. She said she had to work t today, remember? Queen Vigilance wants her to work every day, Darkstalker said, rolling his eyes. She already quit school to do this full time. It's not good for her. Flying and hunting and swimming with me is what's good for her. He narrowed his eyes at Indigo. Do you... Do your other two bodyguards do anything useful? It seems like this is the only one who's ever on duty. Fathom flinched. He wasn't doing a very good job of hiding how important Indigo was to him. She really did go with him everywhere, but that was partly because neither of them trusted War for Lionfish, and partly because none of the other Nightwings ever seemed to notice who Fathom was with anyway. Of course, Darkstalker would, though. Um, well, Indigo is the strongest, Fathom stammered awkwardly. The other two haven't exactly, um, adjusted to the sleep cycle around here. That was actually true. Worf and Lionfish were often sleeping during the, night during the Nightwing's waking hours. Well, lucky you've got this one, Darkstalker said with a hint of something like amusement in his voice. She seems to be very good at her job. Fathom glanced at Indigo. Her expression was troubled, but she didn't say anything. They rapped on Clearsight's door and heard a clatter of things falling as tones bumped to thumped toward the door. Finally, she poked her head out and gave Darkstalker a stern look. I knew it was you, she said. Really? Darkstalker said with a gasp. It's like you can predict the future. You are not distracting me, distracting me today, she cried. Go away, the queen wants a full report on the next year of ice wing maneuvers by tomorrow morning. Darkstalker bundled past her into the room, sweeping Fathom along with him. The floor, as usual, was covered with scrolls, as was every available surface. Fathom could recognize the clearsight's handwriting at a glance now. It seemed as if she had filled a hundred scrolls with her with her densely packed notes since she moved into the palace. Great kingdoms, Indigo said, startled from the doorway. She looked down at her closets as she didn't know where to, she could possibly put them in this erupting volcano of paper. 
you have to tell vigilance that an entire year of information is impossible, Darkstalker said, closely. Especially when you're dealing with a whole tribe, an unpredictable queen, and all the little ridiculous things that can go wrong in a war. They're not little or ridiculous when hundreds of lives are at stake, Claire said, sorry, passing her talons against your eyes. And Queen Diamond isn't completely unpredictable. She just changes her mind a lot. Besides, this is important. I helped us win the skirmish at sea last week, and I made sure the whole army avoided the ambush in the cactus maze. But every time I write, Queen Vigilance wants more details. How many dragons in this location exactly? What time of day they will attack precisely? How many grains of sand in the next sandstorm? Darkstalker finished. You're going to lose your mind trying to keep track of all this. Come flying with us, he wheeled. It'll clear your head. I can't clear my head, Clearsight protested. I need it full of information. This information, 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 important information. In three months, there might be a dawn attack on one of our supply routes. Quick, pass me that scroll. She reached for an inkwell and nearly spilled it on one of the maps of the Kingdom of Sand. Darkstalker gave her the scroll she pointed at, wadded through the paper, and flung open the window. Moonlight poured in, along with the smell of a distinct ocean and the sound of dragons singing far below in the Great Diamond. You are coming flying with us, he said, because I have made you a present, and because there's a pack of delicious wolves running through the forest of Borderland Mountain, and because tomorrow is your hatching day, so Queen Vigilance can snore a bucket of worms for all I care. Tomorrow's your hatching day? Fathom said to Clearsight. How old will you be? Oh, she said, touching her head, the black ink on her claws matching the skin the back of her scales. I guess it is. Five. Wow. I can't believe I'm only five years old. She banged out this girl as if she lived several more lifetimes through her visions. Clearsight's hatching, hatching day, the best thing that's ever happened in the history of the world. Darksucker cried. He swept Clearsight off her feet and spun her around, scattering the scrolls everywhere. Let's celebrate. Let's fly. He tossed her out of the window and she caught the wind with her wings, laughing breathlessly. You loon, she shouted at him, sweeping around in a circle. When am I supposed to tell the queen? That I love you and she can come talk to me if she has any concerns, Darkstalker proclaimed. Come on, Fathom. Me? Fathom said. You really want me to come? Wouldn't you rather... Shh! Darkstalker knocked on Fathom's head and tugged him toward the window. Enough with this self-doubt. You're a friend and the president is partly for you, so let's go, let's go. He leaped into the sky and barreled into clear sight, tumbling through the sky with her. Fathom climbed out the window sill and watched them wistfully for a moment. They made it look so easy, being happy and in love. They never seemed to worry about all the reasons to stay apart. They were sure they'd have dragonets one day. Clarissa even thought that one of them might be an animus, but she didn't care. Darkstalker wasn't afraid of what he might do with his power, and she didn't seem to be afraid for his soul. Which had to mean something, since she could see the future. Maybe, maybe Darkstalker was right, and Fathom should stop worrying so much, too. He looked over her shoulder at Indigo. She had her head down, reading one of the scrolls on the floor. With the sudden rush of horror, Father remembered the look on Albatross's face as, she, as he strangled Indigo. He remembered the gleaming madness in his father's eyes and the trail of blood that had led from the pavilion back to the scene of the massacre. No, he thought, his heart pounding. I'm right to worry. Darksucker should worry more. That's what I'm here to tell him. If I can figure out how to make him listen. He took off into the air, following his friends. They were racing around the clouds now, blowing puffs of smoke at each other. He could hear Clarissa's laughter echoing through the sky. He wished he could at least treat Indigo like a friend in front of them, but she didn't want to want him to. She agreed that it was safer for everyone 
if everyone thought she was just his bodyguard. And so that's how she acted, trailing after them silently wherever they went. Tonight, Darkstalker led them to a forest that swept along the lower reaches of the mountain, beyond the palace. He and Clarissa each caught a wolf and then landed beside a lake so Fathom could catch a fish and join them. Darkstalker built a fire and pulled a feast out of the bag slung over her shoulder. Giant tomatoes, roasted nuts, and something he called cheese that Fathom had never heard before. Bear paws, camel jerky, and several mysterious fruits he bought from a traveling green ring peddler at the market. I've had this one before, Clarissa said, poking a brown, a small fuzzy brown sphere. It's called a uh, kiwi, and it, it's t- all tingly in your mouth. Ooh, don't eat that one with purple spots. It made your breath smell like a vulture for, week, for weeks. How do you know that? Fathom said. A vision? Experience, she said, pointing significantly at Darkstalker. I can't believe you bought it again after last time. He laughed, flicking her with his tail. I forgot what it looked like. Anyways, I seem to remember it being it was deliciously worth it. For you, maybe, but not for me, she protested. You can have it if you promise to stay far away from me for the next week. Actually, considering how much work I have to do, sure, go ahead. Darkstalker picked up the offending fruit and threw it in the lake. There, he said. Now some poor unsuspecting fish will probably have a terrible first date because of you. Thank you, handsome, Clarissa laughed, plucking him gently with her tail. Time for presents, Darkstalker said. Yay, absolutely, yes. I, I don't have anything for you, Fathom said. I'm, I'm sorry. It's totally fine, Clarissa said. Darkstalker's being dramatic. I don't need presents. Wait, maybe. Hang on. Fathom jumped up and hurried into the trees. Indigo was pacing outside the circle of firelight, peering into the shadow and scanning the sky. She stopped as he went past her, watching him paw the ground. Are you all right? he asked her. Sure, she said quietly, glancing back at the two nirings. I'm just worrying. I feel like something's bad is about to happen. You should join us, he said, lowering his voice to match hers. I wish you could. I wish this could be normal, that we could be like them. She shook her head. I should keep watch. If anyone attacks us, Darkstar will probably use his magic to protect us, Fathom thought. It's bad that I find that a little comforting. He found what he'd been looking for, a piece of wood just the right size and shape. He took it over to show Indigo, seeing close enough to feel her wings almost precious. Remember the dolphin, he said? The beluga, she corrected her. She corrected him with a small smile. I brought it with me. And Blob, he asked. The octopus had vanished from their bungalow along with Indigo and all her things, but he'd never seen it with her, even here. He was sort of afraid Pearl might have done something to it. I have Blob, she said softly. I keep him hidden. I don't want to remind anyone what you can do. Right. Of course, he thought bitterly, because what I can do was so terrible, even though it's just an innocent pet octopus. He saw a dark sucker turn to look for him and stepped away from Indigo quickly, hurrying back over to the fire. What are you doing? Darkstalker asked, peering at the wood. You'll see, Fathom said, starting to slice and carve it with his claws. It was softer than the wood he normally worked with, but he thought it would turn out all right. Falling stars, Clarissa said in an awestruck voice. Look how fast you can do that. Lots of practice, he said with a shrug. Lots of time on my own with nothing else to do. Swiftly, it started to form a shape between his talons, as if a tiny dragon was trying to hatch right out of the wood. He wilted the tiny claws, smooth lashing, smooth, smooth the lashing tail at the end, and dug out sharp spikes along the dragon's back. I've never made a nightwing before, he said apolog- apologetically. Wow, said Clarissa, I love it. 
She held out her talons and he gently set the finished dragon in the curve of her claws. It looks just like my friend Listener, doesn't it, Darkstalker? Darkstalker tilted his head at the little carving. Can you make me one of those? He asked. I mean, not right now. Whenever you get the chance, I want a sea wing. Yeah, absolutely, Fathom said, feeling warmly pleased. He loved making things, but no one at home wanted anything from him anymore. It was kind of thrilling to have friends he could give presents to again. He glanced around at Indigo, but she wasn't looking their way. Well, Darkstalker said, it seems a little unfair that I have to follow that. But hopefully you guys will think this is amazing anyways. Fathom, don't freak out. It was just a... It was just a tiny spell. Fathom heart, Fathom's heart sank as Darkstalker dark fumbled with his bag. You used your magic again? Ta-da! Darkstalker said, opening his talons. Three sapphires glittered in the firelight, shining like captured blue stars. One for each of us. He pa- passed one to clear sight. When Fathom didn't reach for his, Darkstalker tossed it at him, so Fathom had to jump to catch it. The sapphire was cool and heavy and didn't seem to radiate particular menace, but Fathom felt dizzyly ill looking at it. How could Darkstalker have done another spell after everything Fathom had told him? I said, don't freak out, Darkstalker batted at Fathom's wings. You just read my soul, remember? That was true, Fathom realized, and the balance of the sand had changed even a tiny bit, as far as he could tell. Didn't every spell tilt an animus a bit closer to evil, or were some spells safe? Or was Darkstalker's soul reader enchanted to give the wrong results as Indigo had guessed? Shh, Darkstalker said, tapping Fathom's skull again. Listen, I call them dream visitors. He held his out own out toward the flame, turning it so they could see all the f- facets of the gemstone. You can use it to walk in the dreams of sleeping dragons you ha- know or have ever seen. This way, we can be together even when we're asleep. I can visit either of you in your dreams, or you can visit me. You can even step into the dreams of someone else all the way across the continent if you want to. Although, I highly doubt anyone else is having a dream as interesting as ours, he beamed at Crosite. Happy hatching day! It's beautiful, she said, leaning over to hug him. Isn't it, Fathom? And now we have something that's just ours, the three of us, because we're best friends. Best friends. Wasn't it a small miracle for him to have best friends after everything that had happened? He studied the sapphire again, trying to remember the last time someone had given him a present or included him in a group just because they liked him. Was it two years ago when Indigo made him a mango shrimp cake for turning five? His sixth hatching day last year, back in the Kingdom Sea, had come and gone without anyone saying anything about it. He was pretty sure no one had even spoken to him that day. He looked over at Indigo again, and this time she was looking his way. She was staring at the sapphire, her face a mask of worry and fear that mirrored his own. I wish I could just take this and be happy, he thought with a sigh. But he should refuse it. He should give it back along with the another lecture about why this was too dangerous and another another useless heartfelt plea for Darkstalker to stop using his power. He leaned forward, but before he could start, Clarissette suddenly grabbed Darkstalker's talents and jumped to her feet. The flame seemed to flare in her eyes, and she stared into the fire, trembling. What is it? Darkstalker shook her talons and pulled her face toward his, him. What did you see? It's your mother, she said. Darkstalker, it's Foslayer. She She's in danger. Queen Diamond, there's a plan. We have to find her. Her words scrambled over one another, throwing themselves frantically out into the night, and her wings whooshed open. We have to find her and stop her. Everything's going to go awful. It's awful what happens to her. Oh, no. And then to everyone, 
She was crying now. Fathom had never seen her cry. He'd never seen a vision slam into her so hard before. We'll save her, Darkstalker said grimly. Fathom, can you find your own way back to the palace? Fathom nodded, and a moment later, Darkstalker and Clearsight were aloft, winging their way toward the moons, toward Fosley and whatever calamity they'd had to prevent. It wasn't until they were gone, swallowed by the darkness, that, that he realized he was still clutching the dream visitor in his claws.